McFarlane, McFarlane Energy once again bringing us the best in the podcast business, the Bradford Show. Today, the Bradford Show hit the road all the way to somewhere in New York, someplace called Cooperstown, because David Ortiz was being introduced to the place he's going to be inducted in in just a mere matter of weeks. I'm Rob Bradford, of course, with downtown Boots in the Ground, Ian Brown, alongside. He was also one of the chosen ones to be introduced to the Hall of Fame along with David Ortiz. We took a private tour with David. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was uh, it was insightful. It was uh, a way to see the Hall of Fame that you would never, ever see, or the way to see David Ortiz in a way that you might ne- ever, ever see him. Um, there's a lot to pick through when it came to this day, this day that Ian and I will never forget for obvious reasons. Uh, so I guess, Ian, what I would ask you is... When you look back at this day ten years from now, what will jump? What will jump out at you? Just uh, we never really heard David talk about the historic figures in baseball, and just how how kind of odd he was by these guys, and especially Ted Williams. Like he would not stop talking about Ted Williams and how he missed five years due to the war. He was obsessed with that. He was. He couldn't believe he put up five hundred twenty-one home runs. He missed five years in the middle of his prime, basically. All of a sudden, they, your face is going to be out there hanging with another 339 guys out of an amazing number of baseball players that have played the game. It's what, 1% of the player in the history of the game that made it to that wall? This is just, it is amazing. Yeah, and so basically what happened here, let me set the scene, where... We get there, Ortiz comes in, he rolls in with his Dolce Gabbana sweatsuit, which how, how much was that worth? I think something like $800 maybe. $800 sweatsuit. He rolls in, and what they do is that they, they basically have, uh, they set up, take him to the movie theater, this movie theater, and they introduce him with, um, uh, like, a, what was it, about 15 minutes? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, 10, 15 minute movie. And you watch it, and it's all kinds of people. It's Ozzie Smith, it's Dennis Eckersley, it's George Brett, it's Tom Seaver, and they're all talking about what it means to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and I got to be honest with you, it was. It was one of these things where you're like, okay, you're going to do the movie. Now you're going to do the tour. The movie's pretty impactful, I think. I, yeah, I thought it was great. They, they redid that movie uh, three or four years ago, and it's just amazing now. Uh, not, nothing against the one that they had before, but this one is a lot better. So we get in there, and I thought like they were going to put Ortiz like up. You know, in a completely different section, he's sitting in the same row that we are. I mean, it was next to you. Two seats from you. Yeah, Ortiz, then me, and then you. And we're all in the same row, so you kind of get to see his reaction uh, as he's watching this movie. Now, keep in mind, this is sort of his introduction to the Hall of Fame. He really like it's funny Ian, because he was like. People say, well, have you been to the Hall of Fame? And they're like, yeah, not really. And they're like, yeah, actually you have in 2005. Yeah, but they just played the game because I was there. They played the Tigers over Doubleday Field, and the Red Sox literally came in the morning of the game. Ortiz won the home run derby at Doubleday Field. They played a uh, nine-inning game, and then they left. 
Yeah, so he didn't get the chance to actually see what was what with the Hall of Fame. All he knew is the Hall of Fame was that. He also knew the you know what he had given. I think he's given six items or something like that to the Hall of Fame. And so, so he he comes in really not knowing what to expect. Comes in, watches this movie, and like I said, we're in the same row as him, so we can sort of see his reaction. And you know, there was like one part where the, he starts laughing about something Ozzy Smith said, then X says something, and they're like, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, well, when Rod Carew said, uh, I love the national anthem because I knew as soon as that song played, I was about to get three hits. Yeah, yeah. Ortiz is definitely one of those guys when you go in a movie theater, if you're going to watch a movie, he's reacting to it. So, uh, so you know, he's leaning forward, and you can see, like, he's he's into it. So the movie ends, and then what's the gentleman's name who basically gave him the tour? Oh, I That's all right. Well, well yeah. Okay. Nice guy. Nice, 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 super nice guy. Great job. Hall of Eric, Eric is his first name. Eric, the Hall of Fame guy. Eric with a K. He, he walked up to him and, and said, hey, what do you think about the movie? And and I won't play. Listen to what Ortiz said. This is immediately after he watches the movie. But I saw this because you, you don't... Sometimes, as a player, you get cut off on so many things. And a lot of people sometimes... They don't know what is going through our mind while we play. And even you as a player, you 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 get caught off in the in a day by day thing. But at the end of the day, it's exactly what those guys say right there. I wanna be the best guy. I wanna be when I play, especially in my time in Boston, I wanna be the whole talk. Yeah. Pretty pretty darn just like George Brett did right there. I want to be that one guy. I want to take I take it personal. And it wasn't that I was trying to, you know, show anybody up or I wasn't trying to embarrass anybody or I wasn't trying to, I just want to be that good. Yeah. I I, 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 I watched this thing and, and I got like in, in it, like, <laughs> What Mariano say, even what, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, he said that he went around touching all the plague. Uh, Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver, yeah. Tom Seaver. Uh, Tom Seaver, by the way, was my pitcher in my Nintendo game when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I used to fight with my boy for Tom Seaver, by the way. <laughs> and uh, what he say, I feel exactly the same way about searching players. Yeah. Like Kirby Pocket was my guy. Yeah. And I I I had that commitment. You remember watching the, the World Series when, when you were young in ninety one? That's how he right? began to be my guy. Yeah. Because I don't used to sit down to watch baseball. I was all about basketball. Yeah. And my dad was like, Sit down, we're gonna watch this game and you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Okay, Dad. And I sit down and watch the whole freaking game and I was so happy at the end. You know what I'm saying? And I was so glad that my dad made me or forced me to watch that game. So I thought that was pretty genuine and pretty like, like you don't get to see a guy react like that. And, and and to me, Ian, not to get all sappy, but I get where, like, I can't imagine him sitting there being sort of soaking in, oh my goodness, now I'm going to actually see what it's like to be in the Hall of Fame. I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh man, the glorious game of baseball. Yeah, right. Right? As soon as it's over, it was like, wow, 
I'm really glad I saw that. So that to me, that, that just showed you how much you liked it. And I think that uh, the thing is, like, as you heard him say in that audio, you could relate to what these guys were saying. Whether it's George Fred or Tom Seaver, like, he's been in their shoes. He knows what that's like. We don't know what that's like. Yeah, and, and, and there was a constant theme throughout the day, which at that time, we really didn't know what it was, you know, how impactful what he said in, in that little glimmer there, which was the Kirby Puckett stuff. When he talks about Tom Seaver, Tom Seaver in the movie talks about going and Christy Matheson was the guy that he's like, yo, I know that you aren't supposed to touch the plaques, but I would go in and touch his plaque. And, and Ortiz, who had still at that point hadn't been in the, the plaque room, What's the what's the, the room? Gallery, the, the, plaque, the, the, the gallery, gallery yeah. the plaque room, whatever. Sounds like a, like a bad like a bad dentist room, but it, it's it hasn't been in there. It's but he already knew that like that the, of all the guys that he was going to be introduced to, and all the artifacts and everything else, he was already given the hint that Kirby Pocket was going to be the the beyond. All right. Yeah, exactly. Because that that was his guy. I mean. Number 34. You know, that's why he's wearing 34 is because of Kirby Puckett. And uh, Kirby Puckett, the, what stuck out to me was that Kirby Puckett treated David Ortiz like gold. when David Ortiz was nothing. He was like, I was nobody. He didn't know what I mean. He, like, he pumped that guy full of confidence. He was telling them he was going to, he swings like Willie McCovey. I mean, nobody knew who David Ortiz was then. So it just meant a lot to have somebody, a Hall of Famer, stand by him like that. And so we, before we get to sort of Ortiz's reaction going through the tour let's let's listen to some audio from ortiz talking about one of the probably the most memorable points of the day which was when he was asked by a reporter uh in the press conference in the gallery about uh kirby puckett and ortiz couldn't speak i would play that audio but it would be just be silent i mean he literally he's broke down and he couldn't speak and so uh, we asked him about that moment, about breaking down, which I thought was, the, the of all the things that Ortiz said, this was probably the most um, pointed and the most insightful in terms of like where he was coming from because this showed how, Puck, how important Pocky was. Was today more emotional than you thought it would be? Huh? More emotional than you thought it would be? You know, like... I, when, once my mom passed away, I uh, I struggled for a long time, and I struggled missing her. And whenever I feel that way, I will cry my ass up, and then feel better. And. I'm telling you that because I learned that there's nothing wrong with crying when emotions take over. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way to let them out. You know, and and that's how I am. Whenever I get very emotional, uh, that's that's how I speak out. You know, it's, it's something that sometimes I feel embarrassed by. That's life, man. You know, we humans. At the end of the day, you being Hall of Famer or not, you are a human being, and and nobody can hold that against you. So um, today, I walk out of that room 
I walk into that room first of all thinking of seeing uh, Kirby Palette, you know, and once I saw it, once I saw his face on that plaque, I started thinking about a lot of things. But then I tried to walk away from, and then I got caught off into the question, you know, because Kirby was like a like a really good friend to me. Kirby, Kirby cared about me when I was just a kid. You know what I'm saying? When I was nobody. I don't know who I was going to be or where I was going to end up. He cared about me. You know what I'm saying? And that's what life is all about. I don't care about you because you are someone or because you are something. I care about the human. You know what I'm saying? I care about the human being. And that to me means a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he did for me. And for a lot of other guys. Like, if you go back to the team that we have in Minnesota down there, with guys like Tori Hunter, Jack Jones, Matt Lawton, Eddie Wardado, Latroy Hawkins, Danny Hawkins. I mean, you ask them about Kirby, and they will tell you. Because he was like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and that man... Uh, encouraged me to so many good things and he was fun to be around you know what I'm saying even with we, we, all the things all the struggles that he had to deal with he was fun to be around and that's all I care about that's why I got very emotional when I thought about him because he, uh, he was that type of human being the only time you got emotional in the, in the uniform was that on the mound that last day. I mean, I was standing a few feet from you after that last game. Yeah. Obviously, you get emotional. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that I was retiring into that moment. <laughs> you know? Like, you talk about retiring, playing your last game. Uh, once I got into the mound... I uh, I realized that that was gonna be it. I realized that I, I wasn't gonna hit no more homers. I wasn't gonna bring, you know, I wasn't gonna make people excited anymore when it comes down to baseball because I know the happiness that we bring to people. Like, it's something that I really care about while I play. You know what I'm saying? I know, I, like you heard people talking especially in New England, about the game, about, you know, the things that we do, you know. All those things came to me at once. And like I say, that's how I show my emotions. You know what I'm saying? So, once again, we go back to, you know, Ortiz and talking about his emotions and the importance of Kirby Puckett. And, you know, when I talked about, when I asked the question about, like, oh, well, you be being emotional, and and I said, oh, you know, I remember being on the, standing next to you. Yeah. I, I was, that was, you like, drop that. Yeah, that was, you know, that was, Big time move, but yeah, that was kind of a hard move on my behalf. But, but it was like, you know, like at some point, you know, you, you know, you can relate to this. There is some point, and today is one of them, oh, yeah. where you just have to just say, hey, listen, I cannot, believe that I was that 
in that moment at that time looking back at it because your friends and family they just think it's cool going to the clubhouse for us that's not cool <laughs> that's not like a you know it's it is what it is but there are moments and for me where I just randomly happen to be out by the pitcher's mound when Ortiz is standing on it after that last game you know, about 10 feet away from him, and you can see him welling up with tears. That and was amazing, man. You're playing the natural music in the background. That, that was like... Yeah, and, and like, the, like the fact that I was like 10 feet away from it was incredible. So, I was like 60 feet away from it, and I thought it was cool. Yeah, and so, you know, when, we, when he talks about it, the emotion, you know, that's... You know, I thought, like, what he just said just now was, like, pretty, like, insightful about, you know, his mom and, and and you know, why, you know, he, he isn't embarrassed to be broken, breaking down that way. And, and, you know, today was another example of that with Kirby Puckett. And, and because I think that moment where he did break down in the gallery, I've caught everybody off guard. You know, up until that point, Ian... It was just all like you know, Happy, yeah. yeah. It was like joking, David Ortiz, a like yeah. jovial David Ortiz, like baseball fan David Ortiz. He was really into it. Yeah. So, but you know, so that was the part that I don't think if we said about this day, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, we could have never seen that happen. That, and of course, uh, uh, being like flooded by a high school baseball team from from Eastern, Eastern Pennsylvania. Eastern Pennsylvania. So what happened? So. We'll take you through the day a little bit, which is we we go to the movie, we come out, and immediately like this this baseball team is right there, but they're kind of behind these ropes, right? But but Ortiz is as you said this is like not a lot of guys would be accommodating as Ortiz is like he's like yeah I'll take selfies I'll take pictures I'll do whatever you know but he stopped and he talked and so. <laughs> with these Eastern kids, Eastern baseball team, and they were supposed to play, but they got rained out, so they were taking a tour, and they just happened to run. Oh, my goodness, they're running into Dave Ortiz. We thought it was sort of like, okay, that was cool. They get to see him walk by, and that was going to be that. But then, like, next thing you know, like, they're following around Ortiz. kind of cool, actually. Like, as much as they, you know, from a media pers- perspective, got in their way a little bit, I mean... It was cool to see. It was a genuine thing to see those kids uh, running around, kind of just like in awe of him. Yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, I get, it wasn't like it was like a flood of fans or a flood of autograph seekers. It was genuinely pretty much only this team and their parents. And so I, I you can almost like, I looked at it like I thought they won a contest or something, you know? <laughs> Maybe they did. Yeah. So, so Ortiz goes in and now he's, he's being ushered. He's being guided around by Eric, our Hall of Fame guy. And, you know, it's sort of like the thing that I was looking at, Ian, was, okay, how genuinely interested is Ortiz going to be with each of these things? Yeah, he really was. Yeah. Much more than I thought he would be. Yeah, that's the. And I was just going to say that because, you know, like, we've seen Ortiz do the fake fake interest in things, right? Yeah. You know? Now, even stuff that we're talking about, you know, we're talking about, oh, really? Okay, yeah, really, really. But he he seemed pretty locked in from the get-go. And there were, I think there were some, some that really, pro- that absolutely hit home for him uh, more than others. So if you had to look back at, like, going through it, where are some of the, like, the stops along the way that you're like, okay, you know, that he was locked into that? Yeah, just like anything Babe Ruth, <laughs> um, anything Ted Williams, those are the, really the big ones. Willie Mays, um, Hank Aaron, just all the 
the home run hitters is what he was really into as he walked through the museum. I think that one of the, the cool moments was the the Babe Ruth bat. Like when he's talking, like he's he's talking all about the yeah. bat that he he. They, so they take out Babe Ruth's bat. It was like forty ounces. Is that what it was? 30, Thirty-six inches, forty ounces. 30, so it, like in Ortiz, you can't get his head around that. Yeah. But then he went into the story, like in front of the display, about how he, he was using he was using a much bigger bat. Yeah, Jason Barrett told him to use a much bigger bat than he was. Yeah. So, you know, he went into this, and, and along the way, like, he, that was the great thing about it, was that he would have these anecdotes about, you know, and you had one with, what, Willie McCovey? Yeah, he said that, uh, he saw a thing of Willie McCovey, and he said, oh, man, Carby Punky used to call me Willie McCovey. He used to tell me when I was a kid, when I was nobody, that my swing was like his. So, just things like that, little things like that. He seemed to have a story for, like, every player he saw. Yeah, and, and he had one for Hank Aaron, where he's, he was from the Hank Aaron exhibit, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I was signing autographs on my knees, and and somebody, some older gentleman said, hey, can you sign this for my grandson? So I sign it, and the next thing I look up, and it's Hank Aaron. You know, so there, there was, like, all these different things. So we go through all of it, and, like, he, he every once in a while, he would run into something that he gave the, right. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and like, the funny thing is he wasn't into that. He wasn't, like, I was watching him in the movie when they showed his home run uh, in game four against the Yankees, and he was just like, whatever. Yeah. And when he saw his bat from the 13 World Series, when he hit, like, 688 or whatever, he's like, oh, no, no big deal. I think he was more interested in, like, okay, oh, yeah, I gave that to you guys, and that's where it ended up. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, anytime the Hall of Fame asks asked me if they wanted something I'd be like hell yeah yeah so now he sees oh well that's what you did with it so it was obviously there was a ton of stuff I think he was really interested obviously the Dominican guys Juan Marichal obviously anything with Pedro um, and then so then we went down and we we went down downstairs where they hold other artifacts some stuff that they rotate in um, and you know he has to put on the white gloves yeah and and so now the you know the the Eastern baseball team is gone, so it's a much you know thinned out crowd. And now you sort of get a little bit more of a reaction to individual items, like for I think it was Honus Wagner's cleats, yep, Wait, was, yeah, or uh, Rogers Hornsby. Oh, I'm sorry, Rogers Hornsby's cleats. And it was you know I mean these things were like half the size of David Ortiz's feet. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and same thing with like one of the gloves. Like all these things are like just insanely small. <laughs> like Honus Wagner's bat. That was funny when he, you know, that was a tiny little bat. Yeah, and so then he got to, uh, I think that one of the sort of the things that he showed the most interest in were the bats of Ted Williams and Babe Ruth. Right. Yeah, that was the one moment for me where he was like blown away just holding their bats and. Uh, you could tell, like, those are the two players he's, like, the most awed by. Because, like, he, like, went out of his way to say, look, I would hate to have to pick between one of these. But but if I had to, I would take Ted Williams because of the whole war thing that we talked about serving his country for five years. But just the, the way both those guys hit home runs. In fact, they're both left-handed hitters. To me, those are the two guys that he's, like, you know, just completely in awe that he's in the same the same club as that they're in now. Yeah, and he, he actually picked, he's like, if you had to pick one, and he picked Ted Williams for the exact reason you said was because the whole, you know, coming back from war two different times, he like, he couldn't get his head around that. The way he, he handled business, I don't think a player ever can do that. You know what I'm saying? 
go to work a couple of times, go out there for a couple of years and come back and break, that ain't human. <laughs> that ain't human. I don't care what anybody say. And and so, you know, and, and just the, the difference in equipment and you know, I think I think that's another thing that he was like really, really fascinated in, like how how did they hit with this or how did they hit with that? Sisler's first baseman's man. Yeah. How do you catch the ball with this? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, then he goes, so we go through that, and that was great because, like you said, it was more like there wasn't as many people there, and you could sort of have more interaction with the equipment, more sort of like he could sort of, it wasn't kind of, he wasn't being ushered around quite as much. So we come out of that, and he, you know, he's just like, man, you know, like that, that was a great tour. You could see it meant a lot to him. He's still like, you know, listen, it was a long day, and he, and, and he had to do with a press conference, but he's still like, it, to me, he never, you know, we've seen Ortiz where he's sort of like, Tired, yeah, yeah he's worn down. Yeah, he was never that way, right? No, I mean, he was on a high. He was on a high seeing all this stuff and uh he got to touch the McCavich ball also oh that was another great one right like so the McCavich ball was there and eric the hall of fame our hall of fame guy was like yeah yeah well, you know we were thrilled it took us two years to get and ortiz was like oh yeah he's like he, ortiz said didn't he say he's like i wouldn't have given it to you guys like, i would have kept that ball too yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that was a good moment but it was it, you know, so he goes through all that. Then he comes up, and the gallery's up there. We see the Easton baseball team once again, but they're behind the ropes, which was kind of cool because it was like an audience that would have been in there otherwise. And then you know, then you have some local media members, local TV stations, and Ortiz comes out, and you see the the gallery room. You know, one of the first things I'm like, they're running, going to run out of room. You know, they're running out of room. So yeah, so Ortiz's where Ortiz's plaque is going to be. It's all the way around. I mean, they're almost they got another sort of wall to go before they run out of room. There, I'm sure they'll figure something out. But uh, but you know, he he run he so he walks over. He has this Hall of Fame jersey and Hall of Fame hat, and and he walks over and then. And where his plaque's going to be, like he signs his plaque, and again, like no signs of wearing down. It's a tremendously long day, just on a high, answering these questions, like said breaking down during the Kirby pocket question, um, and then you know he just is at the at the end of it when it was all said and done. It was just like we talk about for our experience and for our perception of it. It was like such a like an honor to be there, really. Because if nothing, it could have been really anybody. It was great that it was Ortiz because of his personality, because we've known him forever. Yeah, as I say, I mean, we both covered like his entire Red Sox career, basically. So we were a part of it. And then to see it get to this point where now he's at the high, the peak of the mountain, and just to see him kind of take that in. We've never seen that side of him before. No, and, and just to see like the evolution. Forget about the evolution of like the player. The evolution of the day. The evolution of like the player within the day. Like we at, at what was it about ten of one? We see Ortiz roll in to the offices where we are. Yeah. Like he had, you could, he had no idea what he was going to do. No idea. Yeah. It's just like you know, because that was just a little hallway he was in. And- he had no idea what he was in for. He really didn't. Yeah, and, and you know, listen. I mean, let's be honest. He's he's riding there when these windy roads. People going to Cooperstown understand that. You're going through these farm roads. It's like 
you know, and he, the only experience he has gone with the Red Sox, I'm sure he's sleeping on the bus going to play that game in 2005. And, you know, now he's whining. He gets to Cooperstown. He knows sort of something about Cooperstown, gets there, but, but no idea. But, you know, once again, the impact that certain guys had on him was something that I don't think that he could even expect. So, you know, listen, it was a good day, man. It was a good day. It was a good day. Good job, Ian. I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> That's all that matters. All right, well, uh, yeah, so this has been a very special Bradford show with downtown boots on the ground, Ian Brown, one that we will never, ever have again because when will we ever get a chance to do this again? Uh, there's not going to be another Red Sox in the Hall of Fame, maybe uh, – Ever could be a could be a while could be a while yeah but and but you know, and also you've been to the ceremony and it's, it's going to be in July it's it's nowhere near I from what you say it's nowhere near as intimate or personal no, this is way cooler than what we're going to see this summer just to have that sort of up close like walking through the Hall of Fame with David Ortiz yeah the the summer thing is going to be great it's going to be a big party but it won't be like this today and we also found out the sushi restaurant opened a month early in cooperstown <laughs> there you go it's big takeaway you see we're the big winners 